This is Books, Beats, and Beyond, where we will bring you provocative music and engaging interviews from music artists, authors, and others with topics that will pique your curiosity. I'll be your host, Taj. talking with New York hip-hop duo Arm & Hammer, which consists of Billy Woods and Elucid. We'll be talking about their album titled Paraffin. Arm & Hammer, welcome to Books, Beats, and Beyond. Peace, peace, peace. Peace. What's going on? Hey. Hey, so you guys have been making music for, for a few years now and making some really dope cerebral music um, that I think our listeners will definitely appreciate if they haven't heard of you now. Um, but th- what I always ask uh, MCs is break down your name, Arm and Hammer. Um, I guess it was, uh, it, it started off, we had, we'd already decided to work together and I was, uh, I was, I was trying to think of a name and, and it, that one came to me pretty quickly. And I remember telling a lucid, uh, we were in Fort green at the time. I remember telling him and I, but I, you know, I, I was prepared cause I was like, okay, it's Armin hammer, but it's going to be written like Armand hammer. <laughs> and I remember my, at first I thought it would be written as one word. And he was like, no, make it two words, like a name, like a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. I'm with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All and right. I was like, okay. I was like, it's a, it, uh, to me, I like things that have you know multi- multiplicity. Where right. like uh, you know, it's one, it's a name, but it's also two objects that are complementary, right? Perform different functions, right? Um, and once together, it's a different thing. Like a hand and a tool is different than the hand or tool by itself. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, 
and then the and name, then just the yeah, fact that it was a name, and it sounded like something cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really, yeah. it's a really uh, dope. And and for and for listeners that don't know, um, um, you guys for a while, especially you woods, you you hide, you used to you hide your face usually in interviews or almost anything you do. You had a different angle where people can't see your face. Why? Why is that? Um. I guess it started off as a, as uh, just my work and other things that were going on in my life. It was more of a practical consideration. I was a much, much younger person. And then it just kind of was like a thing that, I don't know, it fits my personality too. I enjoy my anonymity, such that exists. Not that anyone cares, but, um, but yeah, it was more kind of something practical that kind of just continued and it's just part of, Billy Woods. Yeah, I always, I always find that dope when MCs do that. Like Doom hides behind the mask. Ghostface used to have like a a, a stocking cap over, you know, <laughs> but he he got tired of that. But it was always the MCs that kind of like hit behind something. It was always intrigue and mysterious, and makes you. And if a video ever came out, you like, okay, maybe this time they'll show their face. You know what I'm saying? It was always a way to pull the audience in. Where 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 niggas had warrants. and i think you know and this is not i think there's so many ways to do things artistically and you know dealing with your fans and i remember when i used when i first started people would be like oh you gotta do this because then you're and i just kind of thought i don't know like the world is full of different people not everybody needs to do things the same thing and exactly not everything that people do is what you need to do or whatever. And you're right. like, I don't know, like this motherfucker lucid follows nobody on Twitter yet. People still communicate with them. Right. You can do things and it is something so long as I think if it's not like a put on, mm-hmm. because that's really how I am. I'm not really that. I don't really have any desire to, be out there like that anyway so i right. think usually if you're doing something that rings right for you and i don't think that there's anything wrong with like mystery you know? yeah it's like uh it's like people want to take like you don't always need to go back in the kitchen and see exactly how the sausage was made that's cool <laughs> too but it's also cool to be in a place where they just bring out some shit they you don't enjoy tell you the recipe or nothing <laughs> it's right. just what it is right right right, right. No, that, those are those are definitely good points because, honestly, if you think about a lot of the things that came out, like let's think about like the iPhone. People didn't know they didn't they, that they that they wanted that. You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, follow your own path because there's people that are like you or people that you know you, you're doing something different. And then when yours starts to blow up, then people go like, "Oh, do what Woods did. Remember when Woods did? You know." So you never really know, right? It's just follow your path, man. Yeah, and I think it's important. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that's important. And and so I guess, uh, but it was fun in terms of doing Arm & Hammer as an artist. Uh, you don't always get to pick your a new name, you mm. know, especially if you're established. That's true. And yeah. Sometimes you have a name that you thought of when you were a kid, and you're like, all right, it's all right. right. Other people thought of great names, like Elusa's got an ill name. So it's always nice to be like, okay, this time, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna think about it a little more carefully. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but Woods is cool though. You know that just that just sounds dope, man. Like, 
So, so, so what, what specifically like influenced you guys to get into hip hop? You like just emceeing. And then from there, what kind of brought you guys together? Cause you guys have such a good chemistry. Why don't you ask the first part? Yeah, I guess uh, for me, you asking about my influences. Yeah, what influenced you to get I mean, into it's this? Such like I, I mean, I grew up with hip hop. You know what I mean? Like earliest childhood memories involve like Ralph McDaniel's and Video Music Box. Word, so it was a yeah. lot of that. You know, all of the '90s rap shit. Um, when the internet came along, then I got into like regional kind of rap, definitely like LA underground things. Um, I love Southern rap at the time, you know what I mean? Like yeah. watching Rap City, um, Goody Mob, Outkast, the whole Dungeon family. I was really into that kind of thing. So it was just like, just really just loving rap itself, you know? But I guess maybe in like, uh, like later on. Um, but hold on, man. Your, his family yeah. is also like musicians. Oh, word. And his, yeah. uncle, his uncle is like a person. Yeah, I mean, a word. I mean, you can bury the lead if you want. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. I'm like, I'm like, circle, circle back to that. (laughs) I feel like you know, just just having parents that are musicians, uh, music constantly being played in the house, being exposed to things. My uncle being like a phenomenal DJ, who worked with De La Soul in like the early stages. Oh, word. Just having that, just having that exposure. Yeah. Um, you know, that just kind of like grounded me. Right. Sure. I'm surprised you didn't become a DJ too, you know, seeing it like that. <laughs> I have no skills at the table. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Well, at I least wish. you know your strengths, man. <laughs> Word. <laughs> How about you, Woods? In Long Island at that time, I mean, at Long Island at the time you were growing up, there was a lot, a lot of big, big acts. Yeah. So in Long and Island, for sure. You know, I think it was only when I was older that I realized so many of your favorite acts were like Long Island acts. Mm. Like Public Enemy, the group that got me into rap, period, you know, is a Long Island rap group. Yeah, there's a lot of Long Island cats out there. There really is. Like, and cats that are from Long Island that won't publicly admit it. Yeah. Until they're old and retired and, and, you know, they want to give up the, the details. Right. The jewels or whatever. That's kind of yeah. sad, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because if you dope and you rep where you're from, you know, no one's going to take oh, that I from mean, you. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of times also back then people would just, it would be in there. You just wouldn't know if you weren't from there. Yeah. Like, I just thought Hempstead was in New York or whatever. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Long Island, the Long Island is the name of anything to anybody who's not from Suffolk County, Long Island, you know? Yeah. That's where my kid is from. Right. I rock him like, y'all, I'm from Queens, or I'm from Brooklyn, or like, no, you want it, but okay. Right. You know? Same, know. same thing with Prodigy. He's from Hempstead. <laughs> but, Prodigy's from Hempstead. You know what I'm saying? Man, Prodigy actively fake, though. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he, he the, did. The Muckerman Muckerman was from Hempstead, yeah. but that was... That was something I actually thought it was like Queens, Queensbridge. But you got, I mean, at the same time, it's like, it's not where you're from. It's where you're at. So I respect that. too. That's true, too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so let's get in. Let's get into a little bit of the album. Why did you guys name it Paraffin? Well, I think that was more your uh, that was more your running. Um, okay. So we, we, when we started working on uh, there's an album called Rome that I think yeah dope uh, when we started work we worked on the album in somewhat parallel tracks although different and um, 
And so when we started working, when we started really putting paraffin together and conceptualizing it, I always liked that word. Um, and my context for it is kind of, uh, is kind of um, in a lot of the world, they call what Americans call kerosene, they call it paraffin. Mm, okay. So a, a sort of like less refined like, uh, gasoline fuel byproduct. Yeah. And so um, I just also, you know, when we were doing it, I thought, okay, but we have this like, uh, I mean, not clean, it's a tight, cleaner album in its construction in Rome. Um, and then we have these, what started off as different things that didn't fit or that we didn't see in that mold that we worked on. And then we kept doing more stuff. And so I was like, oh, it's kind of like uh, the same way paraffin is sort of a, a petroleum byproduct that mm. then has its own use. That's yeah. when I, that's how I started thinking about this. And then it, it had its own life and its own energy, you know, mm. and, um, and I like that, you know, conceptually thinking about it, it was like, Oh no, it was just its own energy. Right. Yeah. Cause I was, I was thinking as I'm listening to, you know, throughout the years, listening to the catalog. Oh, it's like, yeah, I work well with the central idea for me. So like conceptually that I'd be like, all right, this is what I'm doing. I'm like making this extract. We're boiling yeah. down this, like, we're boiling down these like byproducts and runoffs into some new substance. Right, right. Right. Yeah. So, so what, what would you say you what is kind of uniquely different about this album versus the other albums that you worked on? Right. I guess maybe sticking with the production, like you mentioned, um, Rome having like a very tight, kind of a feel there's not a lot of room uh to stretch out mm. i thought with rome mm -hmm. uh, with paraffin we, we allow for a little bit more of that that space to stretch out a little more experimental um dealing with like song structures yeah um there may be a couple more courses on paraffin uh which people have kind of been drawn to surprisingly like a song like no days off right people like really got into that but yeah i think more choruses and so you know extended like song structures to make it differently. I think thematically, um, lyrically, and, and the themes, I, I think they're pretty similar. Woods, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, I think that there's a, 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 a there's, there's race music, and then I think that the defining work after that is we did that EP furtive movements. Yeah. And I think that as we worked on that EP, we worked into a new sound that really starts to happen at the end of that album. And I knew it. Like those last couple songs, especially, I was like, "These are these are really good." Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then that affected me enough that I feel like, um, and this is an inside baseball type of view, but for me, then I did that um, a solo album uh, called "Today I Wrote Nothing," mm -hmm. and I really just brought that same energy with me. And Elusa did a lot of production on that, um, and he did production on his own solo album, and so. No, I was really like, he was really about doing more production and I was into that too. And also working with other producers and, you know, doing things together and collaging things. And um, so that was interesting, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then with, with paraffin, I think uh, adding on to what he was saying, the way that it was made um, was different from, 
other albums. The way that it was made was different. There was a certain amount of reverse engineering, uh, and there were people who were brought in when we already knew what we were doing, and then people were brought in to do a thing. Okay, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm, right. You know what I mean? Like, you're like Kenny Siegel came to town, and it was like, we need, here's the songs we have. Where can you take them? And what can, and he was like, all right, I can do that. You know, I mean, oh, really Willie Green, we came to him with a version of Furman Tapes and we wanted to change it. And so by then the ideas are coalescing. We know the direction you're going and like what paraffin's about is starting to seem more clear. Right. And so I'm like, you know, I want this to get like, it's crazy already, but I want it to get crazy. And then I'm going to redo my verse differently because initially it was, <laughs> it was two different things. And then um, like, so then we just had him take it and switch it up during the chorus. Mm. And then I came back and redid my verse a little bit differently from the original verse um, and, and, and changed things a little bit. And uh, so there was, a, there was a, an opportunity to uh, approach things a little bit differently, as well as like something like Hunter had been done before, but mm-hmm. didn't really fit the format of Rome. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "This is great," uh, and yeah. even that was even that was worked on in stages. Lucid came and was like, "Yo, I have this thing," and then I was like, "Boom!" And it was so good. I just did a little piece, <laughs> and then he did. A, I thought that was the end of the song, and then he, because it was a beat flip, but I didn't know if there was. I don't know what I thought, but I was like, "This is what works for me." Yeah. I did a little thing, and then he unspooled this whole part after that, right. and I was like, "This shit is dope. You should just." this is it. I'm not going to do anything else and just work on the production and how it sounds. And that's, you know, he's great at that stuff. And right. I can just kind of, uh, you know, lucky enough to be no talented people. And he's such a talented producer that you're kind of like, Hey, do some cool stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think it was, I think it was great. The production on this was so, was so raw and so textured, you know, it was, it felt like thematic. I think one of you guys said that, and I'm like, you know, it. As I put it on and just let it rock, it just takes me to another place. Some people might say it takes them to a dark place, a pessimistic place, but at the same time, I, I, I felt that, but I didn't. You know, was was did you guys have any intentions on where you wanted to bring people with with sonically? Um, sonically. Because, you know, even you know, I did a bunch of production on Parison and even the songs that I didn't produce, like it's still, I still run into my chambers and things are getting chopped up and I'm embellishing things and accentuating things. So sonically, I definitely knew I was going with those sections, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been into a lot of ambient music, a lot of like, I guess, healing tones and whatnot. Yeah. It's kind of new age or whatever, but I, I definitely, it's all in Parison. Yeah, it so is. despite like how heavy it may sound, I'm, I'm always thinking about the release. I'm always seeing the light at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of those songs can give you that, you know, but you definitely, you know, we, we should sit in whatever discomfort that people may, you know, feel like they're drawing from that. That's not really my intention. So mm-hmm. I bring folks down, but you know, it is what it is. How are right. you going lyrically? Um, but again, it's it's about that. It's about the release. It's about freedom. It's about liberation. At the end of the day, and you know, sonically, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to learn to really work, to fold that into the banner. Right. I'm trying to fold that in. Right. And I mean, you do do that because the last song, although mournful, is 
it, 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 I think that that aspect is there. I don't, you know, and right. I, 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 guess I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. But I guess for me, my, I think everything he's saying is true. And I mean, for me, my only thing was, like I said, I just motivate off ideas. Mm-hmm. So I just had the idea, and everyone I talked to, or Lucid, or Willie Green, everyone involved, I was like, I wanted to be different from Rome. Yeah. I wanted to be like I wanted uh, my idea was let's make an album that like people will be like eh, I lo-, you know like some contrarian person will be like yeah it's better than Rome you know what I mean we'll be like <laughs> you know like kind of yeah. like people who are like yeah nah Victor Vaughn like that vaudeville right. villain that's the best film album yeah. you can kind of say that like it's an it's an, it's an argument you right. know nobody can really say you're 100 percent wrong but right. probably most people won't agree <laughs> but when you put it on you're like oh man he was spitting though yeah, he was. right 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 <laughs> he so was. I, that was my whole goal and I was just encouraging people to just feel free to do whatever um and so, yeah, I think that I, I think for me, it was, you know, obviously less hands on. Luce is an actual producer. Yeah. But I just really encouraged and envisioned everybody that we wanted to be different. We wanted to be messier and um, and we wanted to do. I was just like, you can do. Yeah, everyone should just do stuff. You know, yeah. I really do think, interestingly, I think that the opening three songs is like crazy crazy like, by the end of yeah. fermentation i'm like you I, I, I would probably be tempted to turn it off like yeah. so so like like disturbing like like for example we're gonna we're gonna play days off grape sour as after the finish the loud grows louder feel like the sorcerer's apprentice out your depth, there's something you can't finish. Sign guess this, Eric Sermon and Perry Smith. Nobody blink, they don't know who the fuck that is. Don't come through talking crazy, I'm babysitting my ex's kid. She only wanna know what time breakfast is. Then snacks, trust, you don't want none of that. She won't listen to a word you say. Onion powder, only thing on they spice rack, but cats act like Quentin on his way. Gladys Knight's good old days. Talk about them. They said you're still selling that same kilo of cocaine. Way I see it, we all sell pain. She a hoe, she a pro, she got all types of different names. Dance like I'm in leg and waist chains. Stepped on the rage, lust, fear, hate. Whipped the mix to the base, levitate. On the sixth day, my father looked and should've been dismayed. Maybe go ahead and come in on Sunday, I'm just saying. No disrespect, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No days off. You don't work, you don't need 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 that's problematic in itself, I called out Thinking about my barriers to wealth And it's clear, rising and grinding couldn't help Wasn't seen, wasn't felt Day is overrated, broke on payday They still kicking their watch and pray Wait till something changes But the marshals at the door with lock break Cause I've got grits off the stove Tendrils of smoke in the alcove cold Finna build the deadest prison in the South Pole This ain't the righteous way to go Let me get your supervisor on the phone 
Late stage capital, shooting down the living wage. Caveman figure rational, castles with eyes in the sky. Claiming both the proud and the wise. Normalize us with the fuck shit. The corporation ain't his trust. I get that for you, no rush. You don't work, you don't need me. 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 Now, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but, but this song seems to like touch on, you know, the ills of racism and capitalism and, and, and the devastating effects it has on black employment and black life. If so, elaborate, if, if I'm totally off, what are you really trying to get with this song? Well, I think the hook came first, right? I think it was a demo I sent to you and then we, we built it up from there. No, what happened first was no, no. What no, I'm what what, what 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 I'm asking is, what are you trying to get across with your lyrics? Because you guys are really cerebral. So, well, I think that there's, I think that there's, there's two complementary themes there. I think that Elucid has a pretty, um, a, a, a pretty cutting and incisive critique of. You know uh, uh, of the economic of the economy uh, here and uh, life at the bottom or in the middle yeah. of this particular form of late stage capitalism in American society, mm-hmm. and I think intertwined with that um, is a first verse that's kind of about. It's about a lot of things, including this person's day. You know that aspect mm. of childcare that's included in there. Yeah. In people's day, but also it's just kind of a, uh, a a cynical sort of look at like oh, I'm going through my day and this is what I see happening. Uh-huh. Right, right. You um, you said some funny in there. You said sign guest list Eric Sherman and Paris Smith. Nobody blink. They don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> no, I don't that. So, so did this? Like, did this really that matter to you? Don't matter anymore. Uh-huh. And I guess part of it of, of, of Elucid's, and that's part of what connects with the ideas in Elucid's verse to me of alienation, being outside of a mm-hmm. place in which you feel comfortable or feel as though there's a place. You're just kind of drifting along and like. No, but yeah, you could go sign the guest list Sarah <laughs> Sherman Paris Smith, and people would just not. <laughs> right. it's, it's, it, it, it almost feels like it made me think like what 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 does this generation of hip hop, these fans really know about the past of hip you know, hip hop? I mean, I, I I all of us can say we don't know everybody, but you know, they were pretty big, right? Eric Sherman, Parrish Smith. So for someone like to do that and not recognize, I thought that was hilarious. Like, it's not even about hip hop. I mean, that is the joke right yeah. there. But it's just about a general sort of uh, uh, ambivalence, yeah. you know, that yeah. permeates everything and uh, people's lack of interest. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they thought about it for a second maybe they would even know who that is <laughs> nobody really cares or is uh, right. thinking outside of themselves and 
I guess, yeah, it's just the general sort of like, uh, I thought it, I thought it's meant to speak to um, a right. general sort of alienation and not, you know, because it's a funny joke to do that, but then you'd also feel like, man, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> right. right. You know? So, so what is it? What is it about you guys' upbringing that kind of influenced you guys to create such poignant and, and cerebral lyrics? Because a lot of people don't do that anymore. You know, what, 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 who, who, what influenced you? Who influenced you? What was it? Oh man, it's, I think to me, it's um, it's really just about really respecting the craft of rap writing mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's not something that people actually you know a lot of people or the mass you know the massive rappers out here doing it they don't really actually care about the craft of rap writing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're just you know looking for a hit or whatever so i think that's for me like number one and i guess it's like you know my background you know my, my being family you know a musician being raised in the church i mean my lived experience and just you know the, the feedback loop is real you think about, you know, what you read, what you watch, mm-hmm. all that shit comes back out, you know, when I write. Right. So, so that's, you know, kind of an un- unconscious thing and, and kind of a conscious thing. Right. And I don't, when I sit down to like pick out a book to read, I'm not thinking about how this will translate, you know, into like a dope lyric. Right. But sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that all of that, I mean, everything he said is pretty much sums it up, but I wanted to go back to the first thing he said about, like, I do think that sometimes you're like, people also could just try harder. It doesn't, it's not about being <laughs> illiterate, but like, or anything like that, but um, sometimes you're like, people don't, and you can tell people who try, who, you know, mm-hmm. I remember once, like, hearing uh I remember reading a Rock Marciano interview way back in the day, and he was like, "I don't know about all that not writing shit, man. You think this shit didn't take me a lot? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And you know, there's people who you can listen to. You listen to a record like Marsberg, and you're like, man, this dude. Those aren't the first. Isn't that's not the first draft? Right, 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 right. right. That wasn't the first draft. He didn't just sit down and write those songs and be like, "Cool." Yeah. Not that the right. he probably wrote it down. That. I'm sure he wrote it down. You know, somewhere. Yeah, I hate the phone. I hate that. Oh, I hate... he wrote it a lot. I'm sure he wrote it a lot of times. Yeah. You know, like, and I re- and I respect that. I'm not saying that you need to do that because you can show respect for your craft in lots of ways. You could just be real free with it and do your thing. Right. But actually, putting the time and psychic energy and actual work into it. Um, will make a difference because yeah. I mean it makes it that's just how the world works, you know. Exactly. Black pussy is the world's first religion. Land prostrate, hunt vision of joy. I've been redeemed. Bareback and valley kings. Empire state can't carry the weight. Ride with a surrogate. Intent and execution. Shit's too critical for a euphemism. Practical magic, guarding my rations. Since 9 9 watching society slipping cashless. I want two long standing bets on an orange fascist, begrudgingly. Butter leather cover me from the elements. I ain't buying what you're selling, be. Tenement dwelling, knocking down wall for luxury love. Just white presence is a value increase. Held deep under me, sensey, but I still peep. Every shed I ain't sleep. Sunrises in the east, with planes hang low, but the pressure sky high. 
feel niggas when they be like, why even try? I like nature, the threat is a new black national anthem. White Panther, private dancer. Shake that shit for real, nigga. I've been in the spot getting slizzed for some time now. Self care shit, medicating. They still mercury if you standing up and lying down. Unarmed, in a suit, birthday all money, my philosophy. Pick reform policy is a nice pack on the gun room. No, 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 no ideas original. That's wisdom from a fool, but still a principle. It's not beef, it's just I'm not that into you. Back in the east, crack fuel mixed with Mr. Lean. A dank shelter from American war machine. Hills and lean, ain't been clean since the Afghani invasion. Push blades, open cases, toss the book. Eventually barefoot, niggas on the run east. Style of attack, aggressively defensive. Held the pistol, disappearing from memory. It's the reason they don't look you in the eye. It's the reason they change the subject every time. There's a reason she don't look you in the eye. There's a reason they change the subject every time. It's the reason they don't look you in the eye. It's the reason they change the subject every time. You know the reason I don't look you in the eye. You know the reason I change the subject every time. Blood in, till it's finished. Ain't no out you in it. Days like hours, hours be like minutes. When it doubt, assume everybody win it. Everybody win it. Everybody win it. You be with the two if it wasn't true. That ball be like show we gon' the door. Tell the truth on accident. It's cool you don't smoke high. Do I be practicing? <laughs> Can't lay his brother in the shallow grave and win about his day. Yet God said not one hair on his head. Now shake a leg. Those glory days was generations in the feds. Two two generations. These niggas start doing drugs again. Small victories, huh? Fled the village, accused the wizardry, huh? They never seen the light. Personal Christ shot, smuffled, but witnesses seen the light. Before they dim, calmly pick that brass off the ground. Don't call my jack with your hand out, it's hard all around. It's the reason they don't look you in the eye. It's the reason they change the subject every time. It's the reason I don't look you in the eye. It's the reason. If you're enjoying Book Speaks and Beyond, do us a favor. Go into the show notes of any episode, click on the iTunes logo to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. So we just played the song Furman Tapes. And um, Lucid, I think I think you, you said this, if I remember correctly. You said Black Pussy was the world's first religion. I was like, yes, man, yes, for saying that, man. <laughs> and I just want you, I just want you to elaborate on why, on why you did say that. Silent throughout this segment. <laughs> I just want, I just want to get yeah, in your I head. Have no problems in my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what were you getting at? I mean, you know, in in a lot of my music, you know, I think I reflect a specific era, especially in New York City. Um, with the five percenters and the gods and the earth, you know, even though I'm not, right. I grew up, you know, and these cats were definitely in the parks, in a cipher. I, I've heard all of these things. You know? right. um, I, you know, I remember as a young, young child, the whole Afrocentric era in rap, which was at the time, like popular rap. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I guess through my own, through my own experience, you know, um, I love black women. My mother's a black woman. My wife is a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've loved women who are not black. Right, but where I'm at right now, that's that's really, yeah, that's that's where my heart's at. Right, you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, so yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, because I, 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 mean, I, I think, yeah, I think it also works. I mean, I don't, regardless of what the writer intended, I think it also works in the in the aspect of 
I mean, theoretically, first people were black, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And and theoretically also it speaks to the sort of mystification and deification that those people may have had for the very, in what may have been a male dominated society or whatever. Fertility rights. And that's what, all of this is an, is a, is an absolute mystery. What do those people think? Right. The first baby is being born. What are you making of all of this? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. I also think that it's, I I find it interesting from that, you know, even taking a a, sort of a literal thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think about like, I think about like opposites, you know, and when we think about worship, we also think about defilement. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no one else, no one on earth has been more defiled than the black woman. Right. When we think about like so many advancements within the medical industry, oh, yeah. at the expense of the body of a black woman, mm-hmm. it should be worshipped. It should be praised. Right. We wouldn't have <laughs> birth control. We wouldn't have, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, there's, there's so, there's so much going on right now with, you know. But yeah, it's it, it's really just like out, out of respect, out of really out of true respect for me. I I I I definitely whatever you, what you guys are talking about is is so on point because when I heard it, I was like, thank you for this because looking at hip hop, there's so much misogyny in hip hop and 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 just in society globally, you know, so patriarchal. And for you to say black yeah. pussy was the world's first religion, that is like right on you know because that's what it was you know what i mean and um, I, I i just want to give that shout out to you and it, it also seems Word. like uh you guys are um touch on gentrification in the song and um i know you guys are, are in are in new york city and um i was wondering um h- how is this this gentrification like affecting the way you your, your guys ways of life and and how does it affect the way you guys pursue hip-hop I think, I think in in my life, I don't. I no longer live in New York City. I moved out of New York City recently. Okay. Um, but I was in East New York for oh, the yeah. making of both Rome and Paris, and uh, East New York is at the basically the edge of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. leading into Queens. Um, final frontier for gentrification. Yeah. Uh, I've watched gentrification spread east from. I remember early two. 2000s, you know, when Williamsburg and Greenpoint were gentrified, mm. it's spreading east through Bed-Stuy and Bushwick and we're in Bra- Wood, Brownsville, yeah? Brownsville's the demarcation line, I feel like, at this point. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird. It's weird because at the same time, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's funny. I was talking to somebody about, I used to live in D.C. Um, oh, yeah, that, that got gentrified. Like, gentrification in Washington, D.C. was just total it's a small place yes and public housing was mostly through like section 8 programs and stuff so you could just sort of get people out whereas Mm -hmm. new york is huge so what's the bizarre thing to me is how some places remain sort of suspended Mm yeah where where there's a where there's a mix of things happening in juxtaposition even where i live in crown heights now oh yeah it's like that and the place where i'm it was weird, man. That like the same gang and all these dudes still were outside, even though many of them didn't live in the neighborhood anymore. Mm. But like they still hustled there. Projects are still there, mm-hmm. 
and there were like new buildings, but you could also still live in a shitty railroad. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Definitely. I, I feel like, um, do you, how's it I mean, it's been going on for, adult, I, I can't even really say, you know, cause I think about the fact, like when I, when I finished school and went back to DC, I remember moving into a place that was like section eight. And mm. fucked up and being like why is my rent more expensive than my friend this girl i knew mm. who lived like two blocks away but she'd been living there for like two years and then in that period of in the late 90s it was like still wilder you know what i mean yeah. so each step it would like change a little bit I, and uh now that whole area is completely white and so it's like i feel like gentrification has defined my entire adult life to but a certain it, extent it doesn't so i can't even really it doesn't hurt you like when it goes to venues because one of the things i did remember in brooklyn was they would have that little dog whistle of no hats and tims and you know like does that affect the but that was always that before that not now i'm not it affects me for sure i'm just saying it's been it's been like uh but that doesn't hurt you performing at venues is what i'm getting at it's not like closing down things that used to be where you spots where you would go to perform or where you would network where things are you know you used to go to manhattan to perform and now you perform in bushwick ah okay or ridgewood or somewhere in queens or some shit mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and no actually to a certain extent um a lot more people live in a lot more people live in new york city now man and really so there's more venues of course. I mean, I, guess, I think yeah. about, mm -hmm. I think about part of the thing was like the city was empty. Like nobody lived in the city who could live anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you live somewhere and it was like deserted. I used to live on a block in Harlem where at least half of the units were like, you know, burned down by their landlords or abandoned or, yeah. you know, and you go outside and you're like, man, like, 30 40 percent of the housing stock is actually occupied right now that now that's crazy <laughs> you know everything's nowadays it's like there's an every time we get show offers at some venue i've never heard of huh okay right yeah that's that's like that's dope though if we had to do like a, a random show i could think of off the cuff a bunch of you know like solid low frills tons of diy spaces mm-hmm you know, um, that, that seem to pop up all the time, as well as big mega projects like that knockdown center. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, cause I think with gentrification and the amount of people and chasing after young white people's money. Yeah. People are willing to throw ideas. Like you go to knockdown center and you're like, somebody put a grip of money into this. Thing. Right. Straight up. So, but that's dope. But at the same time, although it's 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 bittersweet, you guys are getting you said more venue opportunities because of it. Because right. you know the people that are coming in are the ones that got the money, right? Um, New York City is not. You know, I don't want to make it sound like you can't really talk about gentrification in New York City and plausibly compare it to other places, right? So no, you can't. You know, there's other places where I'm sure there's a smaller area of, of venues, smaller, and it would be more of an issue. Like, yeah, okay, nobody would do an underground hip hop here. Mm -hmm. Whereas in New York, there's an endless sprawl to where you could open your next, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. There was something else about um, 
Furman tapes that I, I just laughed at so hard. And um, someone's, I think it was uh, you, Elucid. I think it was. You said, I elect nature of the threat as the new black national anthem. <laughs> Yo, when you said that, I, it just brought me back to the days, like me and my friends and how much of an impact that song had yeah. on us, man. And and, oh, yeah, and I was wondering. Yeah, so, yeah. so I, I know it had an impact on you, but w- w- what <laughs> what made you say that line? What what's really, you know, your interpretation? I, I know there's different interpretations, but what made you want to mm-hmm. write that line down? I mean, I feel like um, I was just probably in a really sarcastic mood to start off Furman Tapes that way, and then to have this that line and talk about the White Panther Party, yeah. White Panther Private Dancer. <laughs> right. Like, I was probably in a very, very sarcastic mood yeah. there. But, yeah. I, you know, just really, like, digging up that song. Yeah. Uh, that was a big song for me um, and my, like, development of, like, consciousness. Right. Even though when you, you know, when you go line by line in that song, you know, certain inaccuracies, exactly. certain stretchings of the truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool though. But at that time, oh my gosh, at, you know, yeah. 14, 15 years old, man, that was gospel. Right. That was, that was gospel. It, made, it, it, it put so much uh, a feeling of pride. Yeah. Uh, black pride, you right. know, for me. Um, so yeah, I just really like to reflect on, on those moments of when I can get those feelings and just push them through. Well, we definitely appreciate that, man, because word, it's word. stuff like that, that just brings all this feeling back into, into your, your soul and into your brain. And, and, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's just needed sometimes these days, you know what I mean? Word. Um, and, and, and if you, if you guys can elaborate on the chorus for us, cause I thought that was dope. Like. Well, which chorus? Which the, song? For our Furman tapes. And for the record, when it comes to West Coast political rap, I know now Boots Riley is a successful film director or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't about Rascast. I was really into the coup. Yeah, they're dope, I man. School, man. I was really into. I was really into the first, especially like Kill My Landlord. Yeah. Kill My Landlord. Yeah. yeah. I was really into those records, man. I had that. I used to listen to that tape all the time. <laughs> um, but okay, so the chorus of Berman tapes. Yeah. Um, I guess I was just thinking about uh, um. Uh, sometimes I like to uh, write about like uh, I don't know. I guess I was thinking about secrets between people and themselves and things, mm-hmm. uh, shame mm-hmm. and guilt. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that those sounds are in there. It sounds like we're in like space odyssey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, where are we going? All right. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought that 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 chorus is really dope, man. You know, because you. put it with the lyrics that you're saying, it's like, yeah, what you're saying, like black pussy is the first religion, or or <laughs> I I like nature of the threat as a new black answer anthem. Yeah, people aren't gonna really look you in the eye. You know, they're they're it's bringing out certain <laughs> feelings. <laughs> it's bringing out certain feelings. So these your 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 both your verses were bringing out like a lot of truth that a lot of people try to hide. And I thought that was really dope how the chorus kind of went with that. For the record, Billy, for the record, Billy Woods makes the best antisocial hooks <laughs> all the time. The best, the best. Dope. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that one I was definitely thinking about all the different ways in which you could play with that. And like sometimes things that, uh, you know, people don't want to acknowledge themselves or you see somebody where it's unspoken thing of like, nobody needs to say anything. Right. It's not, it's not really cool. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you ask somebody, how come you and that person don't get along? And the answer lets you know that. There is a real answer that you don't know. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you're not privy to this, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something where you're like, all right, something <laughs> happened some point in time. <laughs> Somebody right. knows something. Right. But, uh, right. yeah, so I don't know. Herbs and roots. Mixtape white tea and only juice. Steam pot simmer under zinc roof. Low of land, live and let die. Watching death and how it comes in threes Chili, garlic, ginger, head spinning Lord willing, there's a line As for me and mine Dark body sent to earth to usher in an unprecedented era Of cosmic regeneration and happiness Mysterious tale The veil's been lifted, are you listening? Crooked scales Written in a gentrified arc hotel in the motherland Closing the gap between over and understanding Doubling back on a tangent to beat the jewel Duel of the iron mic Never made the news Somebody respect the lineage, feel like I shadow by some simians. All of my feelings, I kind of write to no photos, please. I got warrants, dormant vipers with smiles made for pulling the jugs. No such thing as a halfway crook, be the mantra. Conjure man, home, I'm you, flow. Tone poem always in cold, don't try to keep up. Let it take you. The phrase at the end of the day, punctuate down everything he say. Somebody's got to pay his laugh, pray like brass, crass tales of unlikely escapades. Talk like a fool, eyes searching your face. Knows you think you're better, wants you to know you ain't. Even layer of burnt cork for the grease paint. You know what comes next, you already know the rest. You don't need me to tell you, you know I need to check. No respect, no respect. Propeller hat, jaunty, surely you just yet. Get right to the point The roach is never dead That feeling is dread Those that could fled Laid in the coffin like a bed And each child walked up to kiss his bandaged head Still remember something foul my uncle said Yeah, I'ma carry that to the end 
So we just played the song, uh, I think I'm saying it right, Echo Mog. Sure. What what is it what what is that? Can you explain that title? Uh when the beat was sent to us, oh. the title of it was something <laughs> it was close to that. It wasn't that. Okay. Um and um and so when the beat was sent to us, it was uh something frog. And I was like, uh, let's change it to Echo Mog. Um <laughs> and the Chad was like, fine. He asked what that was, and was like, fine. I guess in my mind, first of all, it's what I thought. It was close to the name of the beat, yeah. And then also, um, I just always I, I, I liked I liked the name. I mean, I assume you know what it is. So no, no, please I'll elaborate on it. Oh. Uh, it was a uh, like a, a West African ah uh, yes okay led by the Nigerians yeah uh, during the like Sierra Leone and um, Liberian civil wars. Yes, yes. Yeah, when I looked it up, I was like, okay, this this where they're going with that. That's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> well, mostly, but yeah, it was like, it, was, it seemed, you know, I was like, oh, it's like the name of the beat. Cool idea. You know, it worked for me. Don't you have family that's from, from West Africa, if I, if I remember correctly? I grew, up in, I grew up in Southern Africa. Wow. Uh, when you say uh, Southern Africa, where, where are we talking? Zimbabwe word wow how how um what do you remember how how long did you live there um about 10 years mm-hmm. i went there when i was five years old no i guess nine years wow. i went there when i was five and left when i was about to turn 13 what sticks with you uh but i've been back since then what stinks stinks no no me? no no what stick what what was it about that still with you that that's you know you left zimbabwe but you still it's still with you what really stood out with uh, your mean, life experiences i mean i was I, you know I, I was there until i was like 13 years old so um, a lot you know uh what would you say is distinct about their culture versus ours that that something that we that we're lacking that uh, that they do very it's okay so um first of all i would say that when i think about it it's hard not to think of like just a completely different universe world that no longer exists uh because first of all i was a child secondly uh i went to that country right when it was born in a very very different political climate Mm. in a different africa in a different world um uh and then the the way that we lived there uh and the ideas that sort of supported the way that people live are just not really in conversation now mm. um so it you know it's difficult in that way to really be like yeah it seems like a completely different world that so you saw you doesn't saw, exist anymore <laughs> yeah because you said you went back uh since since you left and yeah it's like a totally different totally different atmosphere uh, well i haven't been there super recently okay. but i mean it's just it's 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 hard for me to describe a place that was already a very particular sort of era and time hmm. um that was very different from being in the united states at that time and then compare those two things at a time when like being in the United States doesn't vaguely resemble being in the United States in the eighties. You know what I mean? So that's a big enough jump to try and like discuss, let alone like 
can't even imagine like okay so here's an example i i wrote a verse the other day where um I talked about uh, uh, sort of a double entendre on the idea of a party line. Mm-hmm. And the engineer was like, what is, what are you talking about? And then I was saying, oh, you know, when I was growing up there, if you were in some of the rural areas and you needed to call somebody on a phone, you would use like these party lines um, where it's like one line services a community, usually uh, like uh, mm-hmm. where like a bunch of white farms were. And so like if the farmers needed something, they would, call but like basically you could pick up the phone and somebody might be on it wow okay wow you know so like you'd have to wait till they get off or somebody could be nosy and just listen so such an anachronism that didn't even exist in the united states at that time right to even try to extrapolate to where now i'm sure every zimbabwean in the rural area has a mobile phone yes right wow but I think I think is yeah, party line they had a different interpretation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, totally different. You know, back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, guys, I just want to say that you know, um, I, I know we gotta kind of wrap it up, but I just want to say, guys, um, Armin Hammer, thank you so much for being on Books Beast and Beyond today, um, and just want to let you know this album is dope, and uh, our listeners uh, will definitely definitely feel this, man. Yo, thank you so much, Tom. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Armin Hammer um, and the songs we played from the album Paraffin. Um, those are some two dope brothers, cerebral MCs. Um, if you like what you heard, go inside the show notes and uh, purchase their songs, stream their songs. And, and while you're in there, uh, don't for cl- forget to click on the iTunes link to subscribe, rate, and review. And also don't forget to click on that Patreon link to support the show. And uh, until next time... Let's read, listen, explore.